Hey there, traveller, and welcome to Peace in the Promise pod. I'm your host, Marembe, aka Peace in the Promise, and I am so glad that you found your way here. It's my hope that through the sharing of my many tales and stories of roads travelled, you may come to know that you are not alone in this walk and that peace truly is attainable right now, whether you are in the wilderness or in the land of promise. Happy listening and remember that every experience is unique. Hello, 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 guys. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm in my car, but yes, you. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Peace and the Promise. I am your host, Marembe, um, aka Peace and the Promise. And yes, I am in my car. I recorded another, I'm like literally recording so many podcasts. <laughs> but a few weeks ago, or maybe a week or so ago, you would have heard that I was in my car recording a podcast. And I am still in my car recording podcasts. <laughs> because we do what we've got to do, right? We got to get our stuff done and I'm getting it done. Can any other mums relate? Your kids are asleep inside and you're out here hustling, trying to do what you got to do. Hallelujah. Amen. Proverbs 31 in the flesh. Come on, somebody. <laughs> anyway, today, today I want to talk. Oh, what am I talking about today? Oh my gosh. I'm already forgetting mum brain is real, guys. All right. Okay. So today I'm talking about there being a time for everything under the sun. All right. Okay. So I want to encourage you guys today. Oh my gosh. So I just want to share a bit about myself. I think that's the best way to start it. But um, I guess from the journey of me starting to be saved then to now, sorry, can I just say these past couple of podcasts, it's almost like I've been building up a story, right? It's I've been going, I've been going from my salvation story to when, you know, you're tested in the faith. And today I'm going on about, you know, there being different seasons in your walk um, as a believer. So from, you know, being saved to now, um, I've gone through so many different seasons, guys, and now I'm not necessarily just discussing like, oh, uh, wilderness season and this season, but I'm also talking about that spiritual growth. So from being an infant in the faith to now, I don't know, maybe being like a kid or a teenager or whatever you would call me now, you know, I got saved in 2013 and now it is 2020. So it's probably been about seven years since I got saved. Wow, that makes me feel like old. Anyway, so it's been like seven years since I've been saved. Um, so I'm still a kid in the faith. Come on, hallelujah. So, <laughs> but I, I want to share with you like the different phases and the different seasons that I've had um, since being saved. And I guess the wisdom and the, I guess the knowledge that I've learned from each of those seasons and some advice, I guess, that I could give or some encouragement that I could give concerning that. So, Freshly after I got saved, I, I often say, oh, everyone gets this zealousness. But you know what? I've come to realize that not everybody gets that, you know, I guess zealousness. But, you know, I guess for a lot of people, when you freshly get saved, that is when you are so zealous. Like you could literally just you feel like you could walk in front of a car and just put your hands out and say in Jesus name and the car will screech to hold. <laughs> you are out there, you know, in the ocean trying to pray for the for the water to divide. Look, you don't have a reason for the water to divide, but you're just there praying for the water to divide just because you know God can do it. <laughs> True story. <laughs> but you know what I mean? When you're freshly saved, you are so on fire. Like you are ready to lay hands. I remember I would be praying for people. I would lay hands on my sister. I would just be, I was, I was so full of faith and I still am, but it's just that new freshly found fire that you get 
in Christ, and it is such a special time and such a unique time. Um, I think in in one's journey in their in their faith walk. But I remember that season of being so on fire, being so excited, and just being so hungry, just wanting to soak in everything because you're a baby, right? I wanted to soak in everything just like my baby girl now. Now she's just like anything that's in front of her. She just wants to grab it and put it in her mouth and experience it and feel its textures, feel its flavors. What does this taste like? What does this feel like? What is this thing? You know, she just wants to grab everything. She's about six months old now, but... I can relate to that in being in the faith. You know, you just want to soak in everything to do with God. You're like, I want to listen to sermons. I want to read this Bible. You're reading the Bible. Everything is making sense. Like you're just downloading everything like a sponge, just like babies and kids are, right? They say that whatever you do, be cautious about what you do around them because they're sponges and they absorb things, right? So I remember that early, early time in my faith. And in that time, I was very observant to the believers around me. So I, in a way, was a sponge even to them, to their habits, because I was new and I was a young uh, young believer. So I was like, okay, I need to learn from these guys. I need to then copy and replicate what it is that they're doing. So I would then begin adapting behaviors and, and, and just drawing upon what they're doing. If they're dressing a certain way, okay, maybe I need to dress like this. And, you know, you're just copying everything. So, you know, the the motive and the desire and the heart might be, you know, in the right place. But sometimes, you know, I guess you're in a way, sometimes you can begin re- replicating human beings and human beings are ultimately flawed. So if you begin replicating behaviors and instead of emulating just Christ himself or the Christ in others, then that can also be that can be an area of, you know, um, I guess a challenge in future um, but I'll, I'll get to that a bit later. But ultimately, at that point, you know, you're a baby or a sponge, you're soaking up everything. Um, and I remember getting to this really, really, I don't know if you guys can relate, but the really intense phase. If you know, you know. <laughs> I'm talking the phase where God's convict, giving me this conviction. God has told me that I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to listen to this and I can't watch this and I'm not going to do this. Therefore, Nobody else can do it. (laughs) I'm laughing because I was so intense, man. I couldn't even walk in the shop, fam. I would block my ears walking into clothing stores thinking that I was about to go to hell because I was listening to this music. I was hardcore, guys. I went through this phase like... I laugh about it now, but I know that it was necessary for me in that time because it was almost like I was being rebirthed and God was kind of reteaching me what was beneficial for me and what was not beneficial. But I guess that paired with my personality type, which is quite perfectionist-like and quite self-critical, then I almost made things like laws and rules for myself that I had to abide by. And, oh, if I now break this, if I now, you know, suddenly hear a secular song, then, oh my gosh, I'm going to, I have to, you know, I'm, I'm going to die. I have to repent. I'm going to be, you know, now there's, you know, impure spirits are now within me and everything. Anyway, you're just being so extra. So anyway, <laughs> But I say all this to say, these 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 are the two main phases that I wanted to talk about today. Um, I say all this to say that, you know, there are seasons for everything. And something that I've learned with the seasons that I've endured and been through and that I will continue to go through, you know, I'm, I'm only seven years old in the faith, so I've got so much more growth and so much more to learn. Um, but something that I've learned from these seasons that I've endured already is that you cannot you cannot necessarily dictate someone else's walk. Do you know what I mean? 
So me in that phase, I guess my weakness was, and I, I felt like, I think I was really like a toddler in that phase. Like I was like, hang on, if I can't do this, then no one else should be doing it. And if God's told me this, then everyone else has to be doing it. You know what I mean? So then you'd begin, I would then begin, you know, enforcing my own convictions onto other people and be like, no, you have to do this. And no, you have to do this. And no, this person has to do this. And no, you can't listen to this. And no, this shouldn't be happening. And oh my gosh, you listen to this. You're going to hell, blah, 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 blah. And whereas maybe my heart, maybe something, you know, there may have been some truth in what I was saying, whereas, whereas, you know, saying, okay, you know, maybe this is going to influence you the wrong way. Um, you know, the way that I was going about it was completely wrong. And when I, I can laugh at it because I remember, you know, if someone was to come at me like that, which people had in the past, it's a complete turn off and a complete switch off. And it's just going to chase people away. But I think it's important to understand that in each of our walks, you go according to what God has convicted you to do. Right. So in saying this, it doesn't necessarily mean that something that you're, you know, you're wrong or whatever, like, oh, maybe God's not telling me to turn this off. No, maybe he is telling you to turn it off because he knows you and he knows the work that he's doing in you. But it doesn't mean that now you need to go and, you know, condemn everybody for watching whatever they're watching all the time. You know, let's say you don't want to watch Baby Shark because you're feeling some type of way. You're feeling like, you know, you're being negatively influenced. Then, okay, you don't watch Baby Shark and pray for everybody else that they receive a revelation. Right. So anyway, (laughs) each person's journey is their own. So I'm going to speak about it in relation to my kids. Right. So my son, he's like, uh, my son is about two years old. He's just over two. Um, and you know, he's, he's starting to talk. He's, well, he's talking, he's exploring, he's got his own little personality and all his feelings and emotions are all, you know, coming out. So, um, you know, let's say when he was freshly born, there is no way in his dizziest daydreams that I would give him a knife. I would not give him a knife like not even a plastic one I would not give him a knife as a baby because I'm like that's dangerous he has no idea what to do with it he's not going to be able to handle it he might cut himself right so now that he's a a toddler like now he's grown he's matured a little bit so there are certain things that he could handle so now I could give him a plastic knife a, a, a knife with a blunt edge that I know okay this one can maybe cut through some bananas or whatever but it's not going to cut through his flesh because I know that he needs to actually practice, you know, using a knife correctly so that he can understand what its proper use is for and how to use it wisely. Um, so in this stage that he's in, I would never give him a steak knife. Maybe some other parents would, but I'm not that parent because I know my kid. <laughs> and I actually have a funny story about this because I, the reason I would not give him a steak knife is because I know that he cannot handle it safely. And I will tell you why. The other day I was washing some dishes and homeboy, I see my son like running across like the front of the kitchen, um, the kitchen bench. And I see something silver shining in his hand. And I'm like, what is that? So I go up to him. I'm like, what's that? And I called him. I'm like, what's that? Um, and he has this, you know, that, you know, that grin that they do when they know they've got something they shouldn't be having, but they're just here, you know, hyped up on their disobedient high, just running, just doing whatever they're doing anyway. So I see it's a butter knife. Thank God it was a butter knife, guys. But it was a knife nonetheless. And I'm like, give me the knife. I'm like, come on, you need to give me the knife. Um, then he starts, he has this thing where he screams. He's like, like he starts going off and I'm like, give me the knife. So then I go to grab this boy's arm. You know what he does? 
This boy begins waving the knife back and forth. I said, Lord, have mercy on my soul. Hold me back, Jesus. I snatched that knife out of his hand. I took that boy to his room. I sat him in his, in his uh, what is it, reflective chair. Gave him a few love taps on his bum. Bu- <laughs> gave him a few love taps on his bum. I said, mate, you can't be waving knives around. Now, I went back to the kitchen. And I'm here trying to think. I'm like, how did he get this knife? Because all of them, we've put them in like... We've had to put them above the kitchen bench because he can now reach all the drawers and everything. So I'm trying to figure out where I fell short. And I'm like, where? how could he have gotten this knife? Maybe he climbed up on the stool without me seeing, grabbed the knife and got back down. I don't know. But long story short, that has proved he does not know how to use a knife safely because he's, he's there waving it around, about to cut me, about to cut himself. Thank God it was a butter knife. DCP, please don't come for me because, you know, we've sorted the situation out. Anyway... <laughs> So he's at that phase where he cannot handle a steak knife at this phase. He can't handle it safely. If he did have it, he's likely to harm himself or somebody else. So there will come a time, let's say when he is, you know, I don't know, like, I don't know, 10 or whatever. Or when he gets older and older and older, he's, each year is going to come with an increased level of wisdom, I guess, and responsibility. So the things that he probably formerly wasn't able to do, things that I would keep from him, things that I would take away from him, things that I would not allow him to have, um, I would probably allow him to have a bit more and a bit more and a bit more in increments. Ultimately, because, you know, at the end of the day, when he turns 18 or whenever he's released into the world, everything is pretty much going to be available to him. But my hope, you know, as any parent's hope is, is that he will retain what you have instructed him as being like, you know, what is wise, what is unwise, what is good to do and what is not good to do. So you're going to hope that he's going to, you know, operate in the safety of your advice and instruction. Now, you know, we all have lived, we've all, a lot of us have been teenagers before. So we know that a lot of the time, even if we've heard our parents say something, we want to go out and taste it. We want to go out and try it for ourselves and say, surely they're just trying to keep this fun from me. And all of us have gone out and tried and tasted and we have been burned and we have been humbled and we're like, all right, perhaps there was some truth in what they said. <laughs> but, you know, some of us in some situations, we have, you know, we've experienced for ourselves by tasting it, by experiencing it for ourselves. And other situations, we have just, you know, trusted in the wisdom of those of the advice that we've received and those that have gone before us. And we've said, okay, like, I don't need to try that to know that it's going to cause me harm or that to know it's not going to be beneficial. For me, I can say an example for that with me is drugs, right? <laughs> so I have a family member that works in mental health and they would always come home and discuss like the effects that they would see about drug use. So they would just say like, look, this, this one's taking drugs and they are now psychotic. You know, they would always talk about drug induced psychosis and all the cases that they would see. Now, I don't know if this person would just tell us that because they wanted to make us afraid of it. But either way, like that scared the bejeebies out of me. I was like, heck no, I'm not trying no drugs. I don't want to go crazy. <laughs> I don't want to end up hallucinating. That is terrifying to me. So that's one example for my own life. Like I didn't have to try drugs to know that I, w- I didn't want to try it. I didn't have to try drugs to know that it wasn't going to be good for me because I'd already heard the experiences that, that, that my family member had explained. And I was like, I don't want that. <laughs> no, thank you. But there are other experiences where I may have been advised or instructed, you know, oh, don't go there or 
maybe don't try that or whatever. And I've gone and I've tried and I've hurt myself or I've been injured or I've been, you know, emotionally scarred or whatever because it's like, ah, why didn't I just listen to them or why didn't I just, you know, heed the instruction of those around me? But, you know, some you live and you learn. Sometimes you go through experiences and you need to go through it yourself in order to really see the impact that it has. Yeah, anyway, but I think it's just, yeah, it's so important to know that there's seasons, there's different seasoning... there's different seasonings there are different seasons and you know there's a time for everything and I think it's important to just maximize each season of your life with God as best as you can and I think a a key thing that I had learned or had to learn or I'm still continuously learning is that you know your relationship with God is your relationship with God like he might tell you something and you know it doesn't necessarily mean that, okay, every single other person now can never listen to, I don't know, this certain thing or whatever. But if he's telling you to do it, you do it. And if no one else is doing it with you, so be it. It's all right. (laughs) It's okay. Maybe he's trying to develop something in you. Maybe he's trying to refine you and prune you and separate you from certain bad habits so that you may know that, you know, this isn't good for you or whatever. So me, an example with me is like I knew (laughs) there was certain music that I would listen to, right? And before I got saved, I was like, yes, like it would just, I I always joke now, like there's certain music, like it will just trigger something in my brain. And it's like that. If you guys have watched Medea movies, it's like that inner, inner, you know, (laughs) H-O-E wants to come out. It's like the inner, you know, you just begin to to break your back a little bit. You begin to bounce a certain way and it's like, oh, hold up. (laughs) I'm saved now. (laughs) But, you know, there was a time where literally if I heard certain music, it would just trigger something within me and I could not, I I would struggle to turn it off. So (laughs) there was a period of my life where, in my saved life, where God just kind of led me away from certain music. And me and my extraness, I was kind of like, okay, if I'm not listening to it, then no one else should be listening to it. Like, this is a sin. Like, no one can listen to this music and whatever. And you know what? Whether it, it might be good music, it might not be good music. But, you know, for me in that phase, God was, in that phase, God was telling me to separate from it. But me and my extraness, I was trying to make everybody else do what God was telling me to do. <laughs> when in actuality, who knows that you can never make other people do anything. Like, if anyone's to make anyone do anything, it's got to be God. So... You know, in that season, I had to learn this is something for me because I have a weakness. So God is trying to prune something out of me by separating me from this. Now, now, if you're to play certain music, like I will not get the same conviction because it's like he's given me that certain piece. It's like the knife, you know, when I was two, I couldn't handle the, the, the steak knife. But now that I'm older, I can have a steak knife, but I know when to use what when it's what I know how to use it appropriately. So I know what what it's good for and what it's not good for. I know that, you know, it's not like I'll be using it all the time. I know it's not going to bring me benefit or value if I'm just carrying it around all the time. So it's like, you know, I know how to use and I've learned how to. Or I'm learning to use it wisely. Yeah, anyway, I don't know how to explain that in a different way. But yeah, so certain things are for you. You know, God might be separating you from certain things and that's okay. Like maybe you have a certain weakness that he can see and he's allowing you to be pruned of that area so don't be so caught up on or hung up on making everyone else do what you're convicted to do (laughs) you know what I mean don't waste your breath doing that just let the Holy Spirit do his work you know what I mean um and that's something oh I wish someone had told me that they probably did I think this was about year three or year two into my saved journey 
Um, someone probably tried to tell me, but nobody could tell me nothing those days. I was like, I'm Holy Ghost filled. Everyone else needs to repent because we're all going to hell if we're listening to Beyonce. <laughs> just jokes, you're not. But yeah, anyway, that was it. It's it just goes to show, you know, everyone is in their own journey. Allow God to use you. Allow God to transform you from the inside out. And try to make it less about everyone else and more about you. If you're feeling some type of way because other people are dressing a certain way or looking a certain way or listening to certain things, focus on yourself. Like, if you're so concerned about them, pray about them and pray for them and ask God to reveal your heart in that area. Do you know what I mean? Because I tell you what, the Bible says that so many people that you are not expecting are going to be in the kingdom of heaven. And (laughs) I tell you what, if you're going to be so caught up on somebody wearing a mini skirt and you're not caught up about somebody with a long skirt with a horrible heart, then I think you're missing it. (laughs) So let's just reevaluate, you know, what it's all about. It's less about the rules and the regulations, and it's more about where is our heart? Like, where's the positioning of our heart? Do we actually love God or are we rejecting him? Do we believe in Jesus or are we rejecting him? (sighs) Yeah. I'm so tired, guys. Anyway, this was, I don't know, I just, this is more of a conversation, guys. But I want to, I want to know what you guys think. I want to know how, what have your experiences been um, in your faith walk or let's say even in your interactions with others? Like, do you, as a believer, do you feel like pressured to be a certain way because of what you see? Or do you, can you honestly just say that, you know what, I'm just led by God. So if God leads me to do this, then I'll do it. If he doesn't lead me to do it, I won't do it. Or are you someone who feels pressured like, ah, because, you know, my church, like if I do this and I'm scared, someone's going to say something. Like if I shave my head or if I dye my hair purple, someone's going to say something. Or if I wear this certain thing, you know, um, cause it's real, like it's a real thing. Like sometimes, sometimes we are more afraid of what people will think than what God will think. So we'll shape our decisions based upon what we think man is going to say or do rather than actually just saying, hey, God, what do you think about this? Can I do this? Or should, is this something that will be of benefit to me or or not, right? But anyway, yeah, I want to know what you guys think. Anyways, be sure to keep in touch. Check out my website, peaceinthepromise.com and check out my Instagram at peaceinthepromise.hq. Check out my YouTube and Facebook, Peace in the Promise. And if you want to send me an email, feel free. Um, email info at peaceinthepromise.com. But that is all. That is all for today, guys. Have a beautiful rest of your day. It's a great day to be alive. Try to spread some joy today. If not, just rest in the peace of God's promises over your life. There is purpose in you. There is purpose in front of you, behind you, around you, wherever you are. And because there is still breath in your lungs, that just proves that there is still purpose in you. Amen. Yes. Anyways, thank you guys for listening. Until the next podcast. Peace. All music used is sourced from Ixon Music.